0: The Cool Kids Table, where every single week I try to interview some people who are doing really interesting things and bring a little bit, a little bit of inspiration to people who are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, or even people who have jobs but either want to go start a side hustle or maybe they just want to be a better intrapreneur. And before we get going today, I have to thank one of the sponsors of this episode, and that is Mixed Tiles. Now, if you're on Instagram, they advertise a lot. You've probably seen them. They're, they're photo tiles from your Instagram that you can put on the wall, and they have double-sided tape, but it's reusable. So if you put them on, it's a little crooked. Hey, not a problem. i got to tell you, you I, you're not seeing me on video because this show is just audio. But behind me, I have the logos of the show and logos from my speaking business on Mixed Tiles behind me. And so not only are they a sponsor, but I'm a customer and I feel like I'm in the hair club, right? I'm, I, I, I don't own the company though, but they have been great to work with. Every time I've ordered a product, it comes really fast. I'm always surprised. And so if you're looking for some really interesting decorative stuff for your wall, check out Mixed Tiles because your Instagram is cool. You should make sure that it's in your house. So today's show, we're going to talk to somebody who, when I started Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I kind of went, ooh, look at his podcast. He's so cool. And then I had the opportunity to interview him back in January of 2015. He was on episode 41, and this is episode 342. I should have had him on the last episode. Oh. Yeah, I know, Jordan. I totally screwed up. But uh, uh, 301 episodes later... I've got Jordan Harbinger back. Now, at the time, he was one of the people behind the Art of Charm, which if you go back in time, you know, it's been one of the biggest podcasts out there for a long time. But I remember, and I don't remember if this was on the show or if this was just me as a brand new podcaster talking to Jordan before or after the interview. And I said, what advice do you have for somebody to be able to get millions of downloads and be highly ranked? And I don't know if he remembers his answer, but his answer was build a time machine and go back in time eight years when there was almost no competition in the podcast world. Because by the time I started, everyone had a show. In fact, the day this show launched... Gary V. launched his podcast, so like I was going to be able to compete with that, and so I always remember his answer was one of the great ways to like be top of the of the game is go start earlier than you did, and and I always laughed at that. I thought that was a great answer, but now he has just spun out his own show, the Jordan Harbinger Show. I wonder where he came up with that name. It's 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 uh, it's clever, um, and I want to hear all about how you go from something that is big, it's a brand, it's out there, to rebranding and starting over all on your own. So. I invited him to come back on the show because I always remember him as somebody who just shared from his heart and gave a lot of advice about entrepreneurship and podcasting and just doing whatever you want to do. And I'm so glad that when I asked, his answer was yes, because you know, there's so many people out there who are like, Ooh, I got to protect my time. I think the best entrepreneurs are ones who say, let's find a way to do this. So Jordan Harbinger, welcome to cool things entrepreneurs do or welcome back. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me on. You know, it's, Been 301 episodes because we didn't plan ahead well enough, apparently. Yeah. But it seems like you've improved quite a bit.
0: Uh, it has come a long way this year there was an article uh, on Inc.com that said this was one of eight shows that entrepreneurs should listen to in 2018 and some of them apparently read the article because my listenership has shot way up this year and uh, you know I have gotten to the point where I don't have to follow a script I, I can have anybody on the show it doesn't matter who you are and what you've done I can ask questions and and you know I once heard you described as Larry King without the suspenders, but I think I'm on your tail. I think I'm learning how to ask questions now. So, like I said, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'll get you some suspenders next time we (laughs) hang out. Then I would be like Larry King with the suspenders. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, I can't do that. (laughs) So, Jordan, I don't want to get into the details of you leaving Art of Charm, but what is it like? I mean, how how long had you been involved with that show? A decade? Uh, Yeah, 11 years I ran the Art of Charm podcast.
1: And... I left in an abrupt manner. <laughs> that was not of my choosing, Oh, one Surprise! might say. Surprise, you're out on your own. And the, the truth is, though, I'm not out on my own. I brought the vast majority of the team with me when I left. And I'd like to say it was this Jerry Maguire moment. Who's coming with me? But it wasn't it
0: wasn't quite as dramatic. As Someone that. grabbed their goldfish and just followed you out into the parking lot. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And
1: except instead of Renee Zellweger, it was my producer. And then, you know, 25 other folks or something like that. So um, I, I started over. But what I've realized Starting over. I mean, I didn't have my Twitter account anymore. I didn't have my email list and my website. I didn't have my show feed. You know, this was a, a very abrupt set of circumstances that was like, well, you know, this is something that could be litigated or it's something that we could mess around with forever or, you know, we can just start fresh. And that was painful. And yet it turned out to be. The kind of bandage that's probably needed to be ripped off, so to speak, for years. But you don't have the guts because of sunk cost fallacy (laughs) and all the energy I'd put in. So when the decision was made for me, it got a lot easier. (laughs) And now I do the
0: Jordan Harbinger
1: show, and I have to say I've in many ways never been happier.
0: Well, you know, it's so interesting because so many people who listen to this show for whatever reason have been sort of maybe pushed out of something where their comfort zone was and they say all the time, it was the best thing that ever happened to me and I'm, I'm one of those people. So April 1st will mark nine years that I've been working totally for myself. Uh, I'm a professional speaker and master of ceremonies and it, it's funny because in the podcast world, sometimes people come to me and they go, yeah, but, but how do you make your money? How do you pay the mortgage? And I'm like, I get paid to go speak at conferences and I had one podcaster say, Yeah, but what do you sell back of the room? And I said, not really anything. And they go, well, how do you get paid? And I go, the association of the company pays me to be there. And the person literally looked at me and goes, well, that model is dead. And my answer was, my God, don't tell my clients that because uh, that's what I've been doing for nine years. Uh, but it really was, I got laid off in the recession and April 1st, 2009, arguably the bottom of the recession. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go follow my dream. And nine years later, I've never been happier. So I totally get what you're talking about, uh, about sort of that bandaid that gets ripped off and you get pushed out of the nest, but there must've been some, some scary times. I mean, there must've been some, some apprehension to this. What was, what was the first few days like? Right. That's the thing. When people
1: say that. You're going to look back and you're going to say this is the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, that's what happens later. <laughs> In the moment, you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm the mortgage." Gonna, ah! Yeah, the mortgage. I'm never going to be able to get back to where I was. No one's going to be able to find me. Uh, I'm going to be broke. I don't want to lose my house. My nobody's going to want to talk to me. I'm not going to get invited to any conferences. I'm never going to be able to speak again. I've lost my platform. How am I going to start over? All of those things. A lot of lost sleep. And I'll tell you, I'm still not out of the woods, right? There's still a lot of uncertainty. But what I've also realized is uncertainty is part of the running your own business, entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it. It's part of the process, it's part of the game, and it's part of life. So and so the first few moments, the first few days, weeks, months, possibly even the next year and change is going to be a lot of uncertainty and a lot of rebuilding. So it is scary. But you can't be afraid. This sounds a little meta, but you can't be afraid of the fear because you don't have a choice. These choices get made for you and you can either accept defeat or you can go on and crush it to use a little bit of the you know, entrepreneur trendy parlance in the face of that. And, you know, entrepreneurs generally
0: were not wired to go, Well, that didn't work, so I'm done. Right. Right. We're not wired that way. Right. You just go and you you figure it out, you roll up your sleeves and figure out a new way. And this is still relatively new. I think this is like a month.
1: Yeah, this is the show is about five or six weeks old now, okay. and as of this recording, okay, it, you know, depending on when this airs, and so yeah, the show is brand new, and we got, you know, the first couple of weeks I went, oh, see, look, no one's listening. Oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible. What's going to happen? And now, after that first month, I looked at the last thirty days, and we had one point four million downloads.
0: You know, I wouldn't bitch at one point thirty or one point three million downloads for for my show. So that's that's we'll call that that you're doing okay for a first month of a show. Yeah, yeah, I was welcome pleasantly the, welcome surprised the, welcome by welcome that. Welcome to podcasting, that, Jordan. Good job. <laughs> yeah, there was just no, I mean, I had no way to tell the audience
1: I'd left. I mean, I i stopped without even a goodbye mm. to the Art of Charm audience and started the Jordan Harbinger show. So I had no way of saying, hey, everybody, this is what's happening. I didn't have Twitter. I didn't have email, like I said. So I'm relying solely on people looking for me and going, where did you go? Mm. Now, that says a lot about a certain core contingent of the audience that went, Oh, this podcast doesn't have Jordan
0: anymore. I'm going to do the legwork to figure out where he is now. So, so how that long was How long was n- it from whenever and however they said a uh, bye-bye until mm-hmm. the first episode of the Jordan Jordan, Harb- Jordan Harbinger show? I release episodes every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday,
1: and that was the same release schedule as The Art of Charm. Uh I was done on a Thursday with The Art of Charm and I released my episode as planned on Tuesday and started the Jordan Harbinger show. Nice. So, so I recorded It was, it was, all right, you guys are out. And then I went and said to my network, Hey, I just got terminated. And they went, you can't miss a beat. We got advertisers. We got to figure out what we're going to do. You've got a show to run. You know, you're going to go crazy trying to figure out any sort of alternative plans or doing any sort of legal stuff. So I suggest you get a show out. And I said, I don't have any guests (laughs) Because I can't just dig back into what I was doing for Art of Charm and go, hey, just kidding, I got a new show. I got to start over. So podcast one, my network said, we can get you a celebrity lawyer, Mark Garagos, Michael Jackson's lawyer, Scott Peterson's lawyer. You guys are both former lawyers. We can talk about some interesting stuff. They called him on Friday I did the interview on a Saturday. Nice. I released it on Tuesday. Nice. And then after that, I had to call in some favors from friends and say, hey, can you be available on pretty much no notice? And they said, <laughs> sure, let's do it. So I spent the weekend recording with these guys, and then we launched the show. And, I mean, we didn't even have a website. It was just kind of like, oh, I uh, guess I'm going to buy JordanHarbinger.com and put up a – well, actually, I own the domain. And I said, hey, producer Jason, can you throw a website up there? He went, uh, yeah, sure. So he threw the website up. I mean, it was just like – It was kind of like your house is on fire and you walk out and you go, all right, let's start loading lumber out of the garage here and build a
0: new one in real time. And that's exactly what we did. So I think that's a great story for entrepreneurs. I mean, I'm glad that I had you on the show. I'm, I don't think I knew all this in prepping to have you on the show. And, and I mean, this is a great story about resilience, right? I mean, we can sit and so many people, I talk to people all the time and they, they, they get laid off or something goes awry in their life and they're like, oh, I need, I need to take some personal time to just deal with the emotion of it. And my thought always is, uh, no, get out there and get a new job getting a job is a full-time job if you're looking for a job or starting a company is a full-time job and you didn't miss a beat. What do you think it is about you that allowed you to say, cause a lot of people would, they'd run the whole legal thing. I'm going to sue them. We'll teach them. What was it in your mind that made you just say, all right, let's go.
1: Yeah. You know what? I was originally thinking about that cause my attorneys and stuff, you know, were are thinking, all right, well, you you know, this is something that should get handled in a certain way. And My, but the real businessman that I was working with, Norm Pat is owner of Podcast One, things like that. It was, he was like, Look, I've seen this. You need to get started now. Don't miss a beat. I've seen it because he's been in radio for 40 years or something, you know, maybe more. And he was just like, Look, I've seen this. I've been through Hollywood. I understand how this works, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You need to get back to work. And so that was encouraging the other thing that it was kind of like I was freaking out and my producer goes look man we got two choices you can freak out and we can have sort of this unknown whenever this gets handled it gets handled thing and you're going to lose your leverage and you're going to start to go crazy or we can start recording stuff so the first few shows I, I recorded and I remember just being distracted and shaky and tired and you know work stay up all night working on a legal document and come in and record the next day and it was it was tough but after I'd be during the recording, I'd be in the zone. This is what I do. I'm a broadcaster, I'm a talk show host, I'm an interviewer. And then after that, I would have this almost sort of, but it almost felt like I just got done with a workout or a meditation session or something like that. And I went, oh, I get it. I've got to get back to work because this is what I'm wired to do. I've got to get back to work because this is how I when I'm stagnating and I didn't realize it at the time, As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, whatever you want to call it, if you're stagnating, you just start to freak the hell out. But if you start to move – you got all this energy. If you channel it forward into your new thing, you just feel like, okay, now I got – at least the explosions are aimed at something in one direction other than being angry, which isn't functional Yelling at your team, you know, or freaking out about something, or getting in fights with your significant other—all this dumb stuff that happens when the energy is not focused. I was able to say, "No, I'm doing the show now. I'm doing a new show, and I'm ready to rock." And that kept me focused and sane. So it's kind of like it, those people who have to work out, or they get really jittery, or something <laughs> like that. They get—you got to blow off that steam. So that that stuff is important. And I think if you're right now, and if you're in a weird transition place, you know between jobs or something like that, and you're starting to worry about it, I would say while you're looking for a job or if you're building your business, throw yourself into it. And if you if you're in a weird place where for some reason you cannot build the business yet because maybe you're you're are legitimately waiting on somebody else, throw yourself into something. Yeah, some kind of hobby, some kind of something, because a lot of people said, oh, just take off like two weeks or take a month and just go to Hawaii and just relax. And I thought that sounds like the worst thing ever. (laughs) But some people said this is how they reset. So, you know, your mileage may vary, but if you're wired like me, you need to get back to work. You can't just sit around going,
0: well, this this will get solved at some point. I just don't know how I could have dealt with that. So I think you're kind of a poster child, though, for the importance of having a good brand, because everyone I know in, in in the podcast world says, oh, do you know Jordan? As if we hang out and have beers all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, he was, he was episode 41, of course. Um, but everybody says good things about you. And your show obviously had a lot of traction. At the time I got into this business, it was, you know, you, you had the top rated, for all practical purposes, show on the podcast world, just about. And we, yet you move, and a month later, a million plus people have downloaded your show. So- here's the question. What if you don't have a brand like Jordan Harbinger and you're starting something or you're starting over? What advice do you have for someone in that situation? Sure.
1: So first of all, everybody has a brand, whether or not it's a brand that's big enough to stand on its own two feet is kind of TBD. Cause for me, I, I didn't realize, oh, I've got a brand and everyone's going to know who I am. I mean, people said that kind of thing, but I didn't
0: believe them. Were you and nervous that your brand was tied to Articharm? Charm?
1: Yeah. That's (laughs) what I was worried about a lot. I was thinking, oh my gosh, there's tons of people that know the show, but they don't really know who I am. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big problem. And that may actually be true, but there's at least a certain large portion of people who went, wait a minute, Jordan's gone. Next. Where is he? Okay. Oh, good. The Jordan Harbinger show found it. Got it. Good. There's enough of those people, but you don't know that until you are just like, you know, in it. And I don't recommend getting into some situation where you're, you know, the ships are burned on the shore, (laughs) but if you find yourself in that situation, realize you do have a brand. And it doesn't mean that you're going to walk into some conference and say, I'm this important person. You know, you should, you should recognize me. That's not what that means. What it means is, and this is what I started to do. As soon as I left the Art of Charm, I reached out to a lot of people in my network. I mean a lot. Dozens and dozens and dozens, and I told them exactly what happened. I didn't try to sugarcoat the story. I didn't try to say, oh, well, you know, this thing. I went, I am in trouble. This is what happened. It wasn't by design. Yes, I'm probably some kind of dummy for letting it get this far. (laughs) Now I need help. Let me know if you're comfortable with it. And almost universally, well, I would say universally, people were very positive in their response. Some people I didn't hear from right away, and I said, what the heck? And they went, oh my God, I'm so sorry, this was not spam. Or they said, I heard about this from someone else, I didn't even see this email. So there was a lot of things like that that had happened, and I realized, wow, there are so many people that wanted to help that were saying, oh, you know, you've done this for so long, you're gonna be back on top before you know it, let me help you get there. There were tons of people like that, and I mean hundreds. Hmm. And I I leaned into my network in a way that was humbling, in a very, but also very heartwarming. Because a lot of folks said, oh, man, you have to reach out to all these people and sort of put yourself in this, just sort of admit that you're in this embarrassing situation. And I said, you know, it's not really that embarrassing. Right. So, you know, some of my friends are ribbing me and going, you're a former lawyer. How'd you get into this mess? And I'm just thinking, you know,
0: <laughs> the lesson I took away from
1: this is that this can really happen to pretty much anyone. Sure. It's just a matter of of getting to, to the right type of story. And I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. And I mean, people who made $180 million and people who made 100 and Uh, $18,000 maybe, you know, and I, I talked to a lot of them and everybody who's been around long enough has a story like this. Oh yeah. And when there, when there were people who said, wow, nothing like that has ever happened to me. I say, wow, you're really lucky. And they're like, yeah, well, I got to go pick up my kids from my ex-wife. And I went, wait a minute.
0: You just had the same thing happen in your marriage instead of your business. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, I get that. Well, it's kind of like when I talk to people who are are speakers and I kind of live in this world with a lot of different types of people. And a lot of them go, oh, I have never had an off day on stage. And you know blah blah I'm I'm and it's they, they carry on and I always say they're either lying or it's coming because no matter what you do, there's gonna be an off day whether it's you know whether it's hosting a podcast, whether it's you know running a business and getting pushed out, whether it's giving a speech in front of an audience, everyone's gonna have a day it doesn't mean you're gonna bomb, but everyone's gonna have a day where where the shit hits the fan if you will. And you know so it is funny when people go oh, that's never happened to me. It's like I bet we could find where it has. Yeah, you
1: really can. And sure, some people have better luck than others or are smarter in the way that they do things or foresaw this earlier or whatever. But there's always going to be something that happens in your business where you go, oh my goodness. So even people that said, wow, you know, this is why I've never had partners, then you, you say, well, what's the worst thing that's ever happened in your business? And inevitably, there's somebody. Who says, oh, well, Google delisted me for <laughs> a year and that business crumbled because something happened. Or, oh yeah, I was doing a huge 173 affiliate partner launch of that my new book and my email provider shut down or my merchant shut down in the middle of a launch and I lost 800,000 bucks. There's, there's just all kinds of things like this happen. So you can't really avoid or, or try to control everything. You're just... You just have to react in a way. Unless you can be proactive, of course, you have to react. And it really is up to you. But the one thing that Google can't take away, that your business partners can't take away, that your whatever it is can't take away, your ex-husband, ex-wife can't take away from you, is your network of relationships, your skills, and your talent. So unless you just want to rely on your skills and your talent because you think you can do everything, you need a network. Mm -hmm. And the way that you create that is to dig that well before you're thirsty. And, you know, I always did work on this, but I never thought that I would need it. And so what I think is really interesting from this is I've always taught dig the well before you're thirsty, always be generous with your relationships, give without the expectation of anything in return, et cetera. But The beauty of that was I was just thinking, I'm being a good person. I'm walking the walk. I'm doing what I'm practicing, what I preach. And then I find myself starting over and I go, oh, my gosh, thank goodness that I did all of this stuff that I was teaching other people to do (laughs) in my own life and in my own business, because holy moly, would this be tough, you know, to do on my own. And I don't even know if it would be possible to do it on my own again.
0: I've spent my whole career as a speaker and trainer teaching that whole thing, right? That it's all opportunities come from people. And we live in a world where there's so many distractions. I mean, you know, you watch people walk into fountains because they're looking at their phone or they're getting hit by cars on college campuses because they're not looking right and left as they cross streets because, you know, their Twitter feed is so interesting. And, you know, I talk about, you know, how do we get back to human engagement and, you know. I, I think it's it's heartwarming how honest you are about the situation that you've been through because it's still I mean it still sounds raw and fresh. And yet you know here you are on a podcast, I'm sure you're doing some others where you're just saying, yeah, you know, I got kicked in the teeth. here's what it is and here's what I'm doing to work my way out of it. And by the way, I'm not doing it alone. it's it's the other people and I, I think that that's I think that's a very honest and true thing, but I think you're also showing people why it matters. Look up from your phone and have a conversation with the person next to you at least once in a while.
1: Yeah, man, I'll tell you that that's 100% true. The other thing is, I the choice is what people say, Oh, God, you had to reach out to all those people. It wasn't that hard. No, it wasn't hard. Because you know, when it's embarrassing, is when you haven't talked to somebody for a year or two. Mm. And you say, Hey, so this happened. And, it doesn't really, honestly. I mean, I probably hadn't talked with you much or uh, since our last episode, but it wasn't because it was like I'm done with that Tom guy. Next, <laughs> you know, we had mutual friends. I've I've heard about things that you've done. You know, had any of us reached out, we would have been able to help with this certain situation. But it's only embarrassing if you have to say, "Oh, hey, I know you emailed me like four times. You know, life. Oh, it's so busy. Anyway, I
0: need something." Right. It's it's because the, it's, it's the it's guy who's been like, it's the guy who's been like, I know I've been a dick for the last four years. However, now I need a favor. And that happens all the time. It blows me away how often that happens.
1: Of course, right, Tom? Oh, yeah, cool. You have a book. Sorry, I'm really busy and whatever. Now I'm going to ignore your email. And then I have a book in two years. And I'm like, hey, buddy. What's (laughs) up, buddy? Let's launch my book. That's embarrassing unless you have no shame. So good people who have poor relationship development skills say – or I should say average relationship development skills go, oh man, I don't know if I could reach out to all those people. And there's two reasons for that. One, they haven't dug the well before they're thirsty, right? They haven't kept their relationships going. They haven't maintained their network. Maybe their reputation is is lacking, not because they're a bad person, but because they don't maintain it. The other thing is people have pride. And I uh, my calculation was really easy. I could either hide the whole separation from Art of Charm And the starting of the Jordan Harbinger show and just have people kind of make assumptions or maybe not figure it out right away or have it be this unspoken thing that hopefully nobody ever talks about. Or I could say, here's what happened, right? In one of these paths, has what I'm guessing is going to be a 12 to 18 month recovery period. And the other one has a five year to never recovery period. And one of, the, I'll, I'll let you guess, right? The one where you reach out to all your friends and all these people and say, look, I need help. This is what's happening. That I think is going to take me 12 to 18 months to end up back on top, so to speak, and have everything where I I needed to be to start optimizing and scaling again. Or I could have just been like, let's sweep all this under the rug so that i look like this infallible cool guy entrepreneur and then struggle quietly for years and years and years so that i can what say i've never made any mistakes you right. know so that i don't have to be transparent about something that makes me look like I could have done something, but ba- I mean that's just dumb. But there's a it's lot of people. Dumb.
0: There's a lot of people who do that because the ego gets in the way. And then there's the other thing where they start just taking it out on everybody around them, and they treat all their friends like shit because they think, well, if I can make them feel bad, then my crap isn't as bad as the other guys.
1: Yeah, and that that that's not how I roll. Obviously, um, with making other people feel bad necessarily, but it's a it's it is a path that you can go down by mistake. Right. You can just be so miserable that you give yourself this sort of moral license to be a jerk to other people. And it happens subconsciously a a lot of the time. You know, you might say something like, well, I've been given the shaft, you know, and I've I've seen this also in my inbox on We Do Feedback Friday where we answer listener questions. I've seen this where it's like my friend got cancer and we all feel bad for him. But here's the problem. He's horrible to everyone. Mm. He's just a terrible, terrible person to everyone now and they're like we try to understand because you know he's got cancer and it's like oh I get it you know he feels bad and he thinks you know I can get away with this I don't have to be gr- like this nice person or or help my friends anymore because I I'm, I'm getting the shaft by life and the problem is that everyone has their issues and everyone has these problems and everyone has <laughs> you just can't get away with that people yep. don't want People don't want to deal with you like that. So I, especially in my position where I'm coming from this like advice, self-help, personal growth angle, you know, practicing what I preach, networking, relationship development, you cannot then be like, well, you know what? I'm just going to be a jerk because I've, I've earned it. You've never earned it.
0: <laughs> well, right? I always never tell one of the things I teach people, too, is that no matter what's going on in your world, you have to remember that everybody, I mean, everybody has their own stuff. And, and sometimes it's good stuff. I mean, somebody got promoted, or or they're getting married, or they had their first child or first grandchild, and, and that's good stuff, yay! But also, we have our own bad stuff. Sometimes really bad things happen to really good people, and they don't wear that mask out in public. But everybody's got it. We all have stuff going on that we're dealing with, and you know, sometimes we just have to remember that that even the people who look like they're you know on living on a charm star, you know, they're they're still dealing with a relative with cancer or a divorce or a kid who's acting out or something. I mean, we've all got we've all got stuff even if they don't share it with you. You got to remember everybody's got their stuff going on. So so Jordan, before I let you go, I've got a few more questions for you about this cuz I actually find this fascinating and I'm I'm intrigued with everything that you're doing. But first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Jordan Harbinger. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Jordan, you know, we're talking about the fact that you you just sort of relaunched. My assumption is the Jordan Harbinger Show isn't the art of charm. So where is the pivot? What are you doing differently now that you have a brand new canvas?
1: Yeah. So what I'm doing, which I think is is honestly something I should have done a long time ago, but is quite exciting for me, is I'm able to expand the range of what I'm able to talk about. Right? I can get into th- conversations with neuroscientists, talk about influence, persuasion. I can talk about blockchain technology. I can talk to uh, what I did the, earlier this morning, a money laundering expert who ties it all into Russia, Iran, Syria. Everything that is practical <laughs> that the audience can learn and take away from the show, all the quality, all the prep, all the research that I did before, that all that is still there. But what's great is I have such a wider berth uh, of of what I'm able to do, and furthermore, I'm able to do it under a brand where people can share it and say, hey, you should listen to this episode on money laundering, and they don't go, what? This is, looks like a dating thing. I don't have to tie everything back into a pickup or dating or some sort of like branding that may be a little bit off from what I'm into personally, and you know, I'm married. I, I have a wife, I've been with the same woman for ha- over half a decade. I'm not interested in going to bars and meeting girls and stuff like the stuff we were talking about on on the old show. And so for me, I'm able, I just have a lot more freedom editorially. I'm able to get better guests because I had so many problems booking guests on the old show because I'd be talking with, you know, somebody who's been in the presidential cabinet working in the, in the West wing. And they're going, I'm not going to go on a show with this type of branding, this type of name. And now for a bunch of guys who want to,
0: for guys who want to meet women.
1: Yeah. Right. You know, it just wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to work. I'm interviewing Senator Barbara Boxer, and I'm also uh, going to hopefully be speaking to Gloria Allred. I mean, imagine those two on a dating <laughs> show. It would just be absolutely ludicrous. And so that freedom is very, very valuable and interesting, and everybody's just happier for it. And that just shows me that you know I sh- I should have made a better and more quick. Decision years ago, but you're always held back by, well, you know, I spent so long building this and, you know, I've got this great team and everything. You just don't know what's going to happen. So for me, it's exciting. But in the beginning, it was just too scary to make the leap.
0: Well, and I I actually use you as an example sometime when I talk to to young entrepreneurs, and one of the things I talk about is, and I probably bastardized your story a little bit, but you you were a young lawyer. If I remember from the interview we did three years ago, you were a young lawyer who looked around and said – who was going out every night and meeting people and just having a great time. And other young lawyers who maybe weren't as social were going, can we hang out with you? You know, and and, uh, what are you doing? And you hated being a lawyer and you realized you liked helping other people, you know, be more social. And you sort of created, before the podcast, you sort of created this art of charm as sort of a class. And the way I tell the story is I go, you can find a niche anywhere. If this guy can leave big law and go teach people, you know, how to date, anybody, you, you can find your niche. Don't kid yourself. And so, you know, I've always used you as an example of somebody who I, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, You went to all the school, didn't like what you were doing, found something you like to do. But I think you bring up an interesting point. Sometimes you grow out of that thing that is your niche. And then what, what do you do if you've grown out of that niche and now you're married? And, you know, that's really not the life you're living. You know, what do you do? And in your case, you know, now you're doing something else.
1: Yeah, you have to be careful because you can outgrow a niche. And look, I spotted outgrowing the niche of dating a long time ago. But I thought, oh, your wife probably pointed your
0: wife probably pointed that out to you at some point.
1: She, yeah, you know, it was there, um, it was present in conversations. But the thing is, steering a brand like that is like steering an oil tanker. It's just it takes so long. And then my business partner, my former business partners, and I, we just had different visions. You know, they they wanted to teach social skills and and dating and stuff like that, and I was saying, I'm over it. You know, I can tie some of this stuff in where I need to, but it's going to be tricky. Um, And I can shoehorn it in here and there. And they were saying, no, let's just do that. And I said, I just can't be interested in that anymore. And that's going to affect the quality of the work. So... I started starting or having this decision made for me with the split and being able to focus on what I like is it's just been a game changer. And do I expect everyone who liked The Art of Charm to like the Jordan Harbinger show? Pretty much, but not absolutely everyone, of course. And that's okay because it's time not just to take the other audience and sort of transform it. It's time to build a new one that's that's also highly educated and interested in the things that we're discussing. you know. And if you're going to leave a portion of your audience behind because they say, no, we want to learn about how to meet people on Tinder and I don't care about uh, persuasion, influence, determination, grit, biohacks, like that kind of thing, money laundering or whatever other interesting topic <laughs> that we find, then that's okay because you have to let the audience grow with you and some people won't and you have to be able to leave them behind or I, I shouldn't say behind, you have to be able to outgrow a niche because otherwise you're going to go crazy. You're going to be that guy who's doing fitness stuff when you just couldn't care less and it's just this brand that you buy Facebook ads for and you funnel some money to it. You know, you hear these entrepreneurs say, "I want my business to run without me." And you go, "Yeah, I don't blame you. You sell vitamins to people and you're you're bored of it. You know, you hate it. You hate every second of it." Or you sell hair growth supplements. I mean, right. yeah, I can understand why you don't want to be involved in that in the day to day. For me, I want to interview people, I want to interview great people, make their wisdom available to everyone, get these sort of superpowers out to the audience, which is what we do on the Jordan Harbinger Show, study the thoughts and actions of brilliant people, teach emotional intelligence, teach skill sets to people that are very useful for their life. And that's not something I would ever want to run without me. If I ever want my business to run without me, then that it's time for me to grow
0: into another niche or retire. So I gave a speech in New York City at one of the big ad agencies. It was an internal company meeting. You know, A bunch of employees were there. And afterwards, this one woman walked up to me and said, you really love what you do for a living, don't you? I did a, an hour and a half presentation, kind of a lunch and learn type thing. And, you know, they have a great office, right? It's, it's Manhattan. They're, you know, up on like the 40th floor. They're overlooking Central Park. I mean, everything about it, I'm like, I can't believe that I get to do this today. I mean, this is awesome. And at the end, she's like, it shows. I mean, it shows that you just love what you do. It was fun to listen to. And so I never want to be the guy who I, I, I work with a business coach. And the first time uh, I called her to see if it was going to be a good match, she said, I know why you're calling. You want to get off the road. You want to speak less and find other things. I said, oh, you're so wrong. I want to be on the road. Mm-hmm. I want to be on the road more. I'm I'm like a year and a half, two years away from being an empty nester, and my wife can travel with me. I should be on the road more. You know, it's like once we get rid of these, you know, pesky children, uh, we can travel and she can come with me to, to all these interesting places I get to go. So, you know, I don't ever want to not be in my business. And, you know, I, I've added this podcast to it now, and it's just become sort of an extension of, of what I do and where I learn from. So the last question I have for you is I do a presentation now called The Paradox of Potential. And the whole idea is that potential doesn't equal results. And so the day you said, okay, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm launching Jordan Harbinger Show, you know, you had potential, and now you've had early results, but some entrepreneurs don't. Why do you think some people are held back? They they have all this potential. Maybe they have a brand, they have all the things in place and they they hit the start button and they don't move as far along quickly whether in the short term or the long term. Why is there a gap between potential and results for some people? Hmm, I mean that that's probably a
1: lot of different causes for something like this. Do you have a specific scenario in mind?
0: Uh you know, no. I mean I, I usually am kind of general about it, but let's say that let's say that there's a, a parallel universe and there's another person with a show that's highly successful and they get pushed out and they start a show and a month later they've had 180 downloads. And yet you've had one point three million. What's right. what's good, that good delta?
1: Well I can only speak for what's helped me get that initial 1.3, 1.4 million in the first month of the Jordan Harbinger show. And what that was, was a commitment to the work. So I wasn't going, oh man, I need to have all my friends email for me. I went, all right, I need to create really good stuff so that everybody who tries us out says, this is the same or better quality and these guys are still in their groove, right? They're killing it. It's even better than before. That's important. Then secondarily, you can have your friends interview you for their shows, mail it out. You can have your audience come and find you. But the real work starts before that. It starts when you're interacting with your audience, with your fans. So one of the primary reasons so many people came from The Art of Charm to listen to The Jordan Harbinger Show after I left and started The Jordan Harbinger Show was because I was always answering my tweets. I was always answering my emails. I was always engaging people. I always answered everything. And then one day, all of that stopped. And people went, that's weird. And I saw tweets online that were geared at the 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 at the time. I wasn't even using the Art of Charm Twitter anymore. And now I'm at Jordan Harbinger on Twitter and Instagram. And people went, what's going on? Is Jordan sick? Did Jordan get hurt? What's going on? This is unlike him. Because my audience knew me really well. And what they knew was, this is a guy who doesn't miss a day, and it's a guy who always answers what the phone and the and the Twitter and the whatever else, you know. And I say the phone, but you know, I mean <laughs> my social media and email. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> and 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 people were like, what's going on? So people started to look for me right away. But in that parallel universe, I would say maybe that particular host never bothers inter- interacting or engaging with their audience. Maybe that particular host didn't bother maintaining and building those relationships. He didn't dig the well before he or she was thirsty because he thought, I'm done with Tom Singer, I don't care you know, what he's up to. I'm not going to call or email or talk with him or help him or do anything like that uh, for him. I'm not going to answer
0: his email. He's not big enough. He can't help me. So what do I need him for? Yeah, what's it for me?
1: I don't need him anymore. I was on his show years ago. No big deal. I don't need it. I've I've grown past guys like that. Now I'm trying to hang out with really cool people instead, (laughs) right? No, I could easily have done that. And in that parallel universe, that entrepreneur did that. So when he stopped producing his mediocre quality show, and stepped into the marketing again. Nobody cared about it yeah. because he'd already proven himself irrelevant, and he didn't have any relationships to have people have his back. He didn't have anybody to reach out to. You know, his team didn't want to come with him because he did They didn't care about him. They just needed a job.
0: So you, you know, you, you hit on you hit on something that is so true that we talk about here on cool things entrepreneurs do a lot, and that is consistency. And I think that that's the thing. If I if I'm gonna hang a word around Jordan Harbinger. It's consistency. I think that, like I said, I don't know you well, but I've, I've stalked you from, from from afar, and I think that's one of the things I would say is thats is that you've always been consistent with that hard work and what you've done. So cheers to you, and I am going to go right now and subscribe to The Jordan Harbinger Show. I can't wait to listen to my first episode of it. And uh, I will leave you one of those coveted reviews that everybody wants on iTunes. And uh, I'm going to become a a listener. I'm going to be doing some running again here shortly. And so uh, I always need a good fresh show. And so you're going to be my new show for my next long run.
1: Hey, I appreciate that. I'm at 986 reviews in the U.S. music
0: store and iTunes. So, you know, if you and 13 other people write a review, 987 within the next hour. Don't worry about it. So, there we go. Hey, Jordan, thank you so much for being a guest again on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you very much. So, is there a website if people need to find you? If they're like, "Oh my God, I'm so glad I heard him. He the the Art of Charm sucks. I didn't know where he went, and now (laughs) I know." How do they find you? How do people get in touch with you?
1: Well, you can find the Jordan Harbinger Show in any podcast app, Spotify, CastBox, things like that. Or you can just go to jordanharbinger.com slash
0: podcast and all the shows are right there. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. I say it every show, if it wasn't for the audience, why would we do this? So I really appreciate you, whether this is your 342nd episode or just the first time you've ever tuned in. If it's first time, come back. Go listen to some of the old episodes. Uh, don't go back like to number, like, 41. That wasn't I nearly know, right. as good, right? We've come a long way. <laughs> but uh, but go back and check out some of the others. And we're going to be back. You can First of all, you can find us on Twitter at Cool Podcast. Uh, you can also find me on uh, all of the regular social medias at Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R. If you want to join the group coaching program, the Potential Mastermind Project, just go to PotentialMastermind.com. But otherwise, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Jordan. But in the meantime, I challenge you, Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at tom.singer.